Hi, my name is Adam Homey, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. As I said, my name is Adam Homey. I am your fearless host, and the Business Creators Radio Show is for you. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and they fall generally into four categories. Entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners, marketing and business coaches, folks who help others build their businesses, whether as business coaches, as social media managers, web designers, virtual assistants, branding experts, publishing experts, anybody who helps somebody else succeed in marketing, and for the do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses. If you are one or more of the above, you're in the right place. Please be sure to visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com to check out all of our upcoming and previous episodes and search for us on iTunes, Business Creators Radio Show, and subscribe to our podcast. And any five-star reviews you're willing to leave will be greatly appreciated to help us get the message out. Now today, we are especially delighted to have as our guest, Leah Humphreys, the Brand Aid Girl. And what Leah is going to share with us today is called Out of the Shadows, How, Out of the Shadows, How Rebranding Your Life for Success can help you achieve everything that you've always wanted and everything that you deserve. And this is a very powerful topic because I understand, as a business creator, the importance of inner game. And if what's going on inside you and what's going on in your life is interfering and getting in the way of what you need to do to be successful in business, you're just not going to get the results you want. So, Leah, welcome to our show. How are you doing today? I'm great, Adam. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I can't wait to get rolling here. Oh, I know, I know. I've been very excited about this for a long time. I know you and I have known each other a little bit for about a year now. I still fondly remember we had an exchange on Facebook several months ago. I posted this article about the the issue with meetings and how they can kill productivity, and you replied to it and said, I'm going to call a meeting with my Shih Tzu. Uh, I love the little <laughs> pictures of the little dog there and some of your illustrations and everything. And I think the Shih Tzu is a very interesting breed because when I was a kid, in addition to all the cats my parents had in the house, we also had this ornery, grumpy little shih tzu named Chang. And he had this ability to walk on his hind paws all the way across the kitchen floor. Wow. It was so cute when he did that. At the same time, if he ever went under the bed and you tried to get him out from under the bed, he'd bite you. He was a very interesting dog with a unique personality. Absolutely. Right, right. Wait, 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 till I tell you the, wait till I tell you the story about when my little Shih Tzu bit my son on picture day. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Before we dive in here, why don't you tell us that right now? I know a lot of our <laughs> listeners are animal lovers and love these types of stories. So tell me about how the Shih Tzu bit your son. First of all, what's your Shih Tzu's name? Her name is Whipper, and I call Whipper. her Whipper, oh. Whipper, Whipper the Wonder Dog. And, I love uh, it. I love it. She's she's hilarious. She's delightful. She's definitely a, a mama's girl. Um, very used to me working at home, so she's spoiled rotten. But um, you know, one of the things we've always told the kids is don't don't aggravate the dog, <laughs> especially a little dog, because they have a very big personality. Well, yeah. this was one particular morning where um, worlds were colliding. I was getting ready to get on an airplane to travel somewhere. I don't remember where I was going, but I was completely stressed out. I needed to get my son to school. He woke up that morning completely forgetting it was picture day, so I'm freaking out trying to figure out what I'm going to put on. The clothes were dirty. 
So I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to get ready. I have to catch a plane. All these things are happening. I have to get them off to school. And I run into the bathroom just to use the bathroom real quick before I get them in the car, and I hear this screaming. And I fly, the door Uh-oh. flies open, and I'm going, what? What is going on? And he says, she bit me. She bit my face on picture day. And I'm looking at him, and he's on his hands and knees on the floor messing around with her. And I'm like, Alex, what are you doing? <laughs> She's stressed out. She knows I'm leaving town. What are you doing? Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, it wasn't funny at the moment, but... So I had to calm him down because he was so upset he would have this red blotch on his cheek. And I said, listen, I said, you know I'm a good Photoshopper, right? He goes, yeah. I said, well, fix it. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't need to fix it. It actually didn't show up on the picture, but he did have a little bit of a red, looked like a little red hickey on his cheek when he went to school that day. But um, now we laugh about it. You know, he just turned 16, and we always laugh about the day he got bit by the dog um, right before pictures. So just goes to show you life happens. And uh, yeah, no congratulations on that. I saw the yeah, I saw the photos from his 16th birthday party the other day. So congratulations Thanks. on that. I know that was a major milestone. When I turned 16, it's like okay, give me the case. Oh, I know. You know, ironically, <laughs> he's not interested at the moment, which makes me I'm very relieved because a you know I don't want to have to schlep out money for a car and insurance. But he's he's a little he's a little spacey. He's a very very smart, studious child, but. When it comes to um, driving, I, I don't trust him to back the car out of the driveway yet. So, no, we're going to wait a little bit on that and uh, let him focus on just getting good grades. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we dive into this rebranding concept, I'd like to yeah. take a step back. As I said, some of my listeners know exactly who you are because they've seen your work with people like Jonathan Sprinkles, and I believe you work with David Phelps as well at some Absolutely. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yes. David Phelps and I have been in Masterminds together for about three years. He's one of my favorite people. And you work with a number of other celebrities, too. And you're getting quite a reputation as the woman wearing the red cape. You're the Brand Aid Girl. So That's right. So how did you become Brand Aid Girl? Well, actually, that, that evolved. I wrote, um, a couple of years ago, I wrote a little book. It's so tiny, no one's ever seen it, um, called Brand Aid, right. Seven Designer Secrets to Getting It Right the First Time. And from that book, I, I kind of just started calling myself Brand-Aid Girl, Brand-Aid Girl. And one day I realized, as I was seeing a lot of these other entrepreneurs, speakers, and, and authors kind of taking on these personas, I thought, well, Brand-Aid Girl could really be a real person. She could be kind of this, this kind of funny, goofy superhero that flies around in a red cape and fixes crappy branding. And that's how Brand-Aid Girl was born. <laughs> Um, and the red cape is really interesting. I don't look at the character or the red cape as though I'm a superhero. I look at it as though when I put on the red cape, it helps me not only transform myself and stop being afraid, but it also helps me transform other people and help them with their branding, help them move forward. So it's very symbolic of really just you know, putting that on and becoming something bigger than. It, it makes you almost feel like you can do anything. So the cape is really symbolic of that. I see. So it's part of this personal branding experience we're going to be talking it about. It kind of helps you, for lack of a better phrase, step into a character and exactly. really take things to the next level. Exactly. Now, so, uh, isn't that sort of what a visual branding expert does? They sort of help people take things to the next level? Absolutely. Um, I like to call it gra- graphic designer on steroids because – you know, years and years ago when I was graduating from college, my degree was in design with a minor in marketing. 
and I spent a lot of years being a quote-unquote designer. But what I was finding in the last five years was that I was really doing a lot more than just graphic design. I was helping, I was helping people visualize where they needed to go. I was helping them come up with a concept. I was writing taglines. I was writing copy. I was doing a lot more marketing. Um, and so I started to realize that, geez, you know, I'm, I'm actually a lot more than, than a graphic designer. I have a lot more going on. God's given me a lot of, of, of different talents and gifts. And when I put it all together, what is it that I really like to do? And I really like to help people build their visual brand. So that's how my my career kind of uh, took a took a step forward. It kind of evolved. And like all entrepreneurs, we're we're all evolving in one way or the other. Right. You know, we may be working on a book for a while and a talk, but then that might evolve into something else. So we're always a work in progress. And I'm very much a work in progress these days. As uh, you've probably seen, the Business Creators Radio show, show is relatively new to the market, and we're doing a lot of interesting things with our business right now. And in terms of my personal positioning, I'm getting ready to move across three time zones uh, to Las Vegas, Nevada, to really get in a place where I can be involved with my industry. So this whole that's thing great. of personal branding and personal change is something that's feeling very real to me too. And for those of us yeah, who absolutely. are just tuning in, for those of us who are just tuning into the show, because I've seen a few people have just logged in to the show here, uh, the reason why we're talking about the idea of personal branding and personal rebranding today is in order to be successful in business, in order to be able to really effectively serve your customers and clients and help them be all they can be as a business creator, it's important to have your inner game in alignment. And when we talk about personal branding and personal rebranding, that's a critical piece of it. Now, before we go there, you've spoken a little bit about the clients, and yeah. let's, let's do a couple war stories here real quick, because I love these. First of all, tell me, what is a great client who really is going to succeed with visual branding? What does that look like? What kind of client is that? Well, that's 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 the type of client who actually, um, you know, d definitely listens and um, right. is willing to to try on some different things, and is also willing to look at their personal brand from the eyes of the consumer. That's a really big switch. A lot of people get stuck there. You know, they're looking at their particular, the name of their business or the name of their book in terms of, of their own eye. They're not really taking into consideration that you're going to be selling this to other people, the audience. What is it the audience is going to get excited about? And that's where the switch comes in. That's where, where you have to really convince the people you're working with that it's not about you, it's about them, and it's about what will they buy, what's going to excite them, because that is ultimately going to put money in your pocket. Right, right, right. So you've got to tell us just, if you will, tell us about a couple of your clients from hell stories, because we all have them, and I know everybody <laughs> that's listening is probably going to be able to commiserate with you, and what we do as a business creator's radio show is we build connections, and we help people see that you are not alone. Everybody has struggles similar to yours. You are part of a network, you're part of a community, and we're here to help each other, so tell us a few of these stories so that everybody who's listening feels better and knows that others have been there too. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it happens to all of us. Um, one one story in particular I thought was rather comical is I had a I had a, and I never name names and and I try to keep things very general. But I had a particular client who <clears throat> she needed help with designing her book cover and her brand, and so we did a lot of back and forth and a lot of discussion. And when it came down to 
you know, talking about color for her particular uh, book cover, she chose something that was her favorite color. And mm-hmm. I said to her, I said, okay, I said, but, but that has nothing to do with this book or, or this genre or anything. It, it actually conflicts with it. She didn't care. She wanted this book cover to be this particular shade of teal. And it's funny because sometimes people get so hung up on their favorite color or their, or their favorite font or their favorite whatever. And this is not about painting your bathroom. This is not about buying a couch that matches everything else. This is about selling yourself, and this is about getting people attracted to whatever it is you're, you're putting out there. So as much as I tried to negotiate with her and, and help her understand that this really wasn't the right color for what we were doing, she insisted. And so we, we went ahead mm-hmm. and we used the color. Well, then another funny story, same person, she wanted a little touch-up um, on her photo, which is, is very normal. A lot of people like to, to look a little bit better. I certainly touched the, the heck out of my photo. Um, <laughs> me too. I mean, come on, we do. You know, it's Photoshop. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, well, so well, that's well, why we, I love well, it. Well, we have to. You know how some people, the, the camera adds uh, 10 oh, pounds. Lord. For me, the camera adds like 75 pounds and, and two chins that aren't there, believe me. Oh, They're I not know. there, but the camera I needs know. to find them. I know, exactly. Well, well, this this nice lady wanted, you know, to look a little bit younger, a little, can you do this, can you do this, can you do this, sure. I said, I can do that for you. So, you know, I worked on touching up some things for her, and then I presented her with the, the new and improved photo that was going on this cover. And she said, oh, my gosh, you made me look way too young. <laughs> I have never, <laughs> never in my life had anybody complain that I made them look too young. So she actually had me go back and put the wrinkles back in and put the little crow's feet back. I mean, it was it was hilarious. So, But I learned a lesson. I learned, okay, not everybody wants to have certain things taken off of a photo. You have to be very careful. You have to ask, you know, would you like me to whiten teeth? Would you like me to do this, this, and this? You need to ask those things because not everybody's going to want that. So that was one particular case where, uh, you know, the, the the client, I oh, I couldn't wait to be done, and I was done, and that was that. <laughs> Um, another interesting story was I, I did a rebrand for a dentist office, and they wanted to use red in the worst way in all of their branding. And oh, I can tell you. I can now, tell why, you that now why is that, Adam? Dentist. Why do you not use red when you're a dentist? Because because uh, having just gone through like nine appointments with my <laughs> dentist this year that involved two crowns and everything, yeah. red is the color of gingivitis, and red is the color of what happens when the drill slips. That's right, blood. Yes. <laughs> so, but they listened. They they said, oh, okay, well, thank you for telling us. So we, we you know, I got them away from that, and we, we went with the, the more of the traditional dental-type warm uh, colors, the green, the light greens and the light blues. But, yeah, I mean, color is very important when it comes to branding, and, and you know, you can you can have the the best laid-out plan, but if you use the wrong choice of color, it's not going to look good. It's, it's going to send the wrong message. So... Right. Those are my. Those right. are a couple. One, couple of my stories. I have one real quick funny one. Is we had somebody once who had developed this content for her website, and let me just tell you, from my perspective, understanding website conversions and conversion funneling and building the know, like, and trust, this stuff was just absolute junk. So I asked her two very important questions, and these are really basic questions in my industry. Question number one is. What market research have you done or what surveying have you done to, 
to determine that this is an offering that is really something that's going to convert, something that people are going to be interested in. And she said, I asked three of my friends, and they all think it's a great idea, which try not to laugh. Uh, that, right. is like, that is like the stereotype of the wrong reason to do something. Just like you pointed out that with your one client, she wanted to use that shade of teal because it was her favorite color, which had nothing right. to do with whether or not this would actually sell. And I pointed out the obvious in the nicest possible way, and she said, you don't understand. My friends are in direct contact with the spirits. They know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so then, so then we get into the copy, and uh, – and gently, I suggested that we may want to do some brush up on the copy to help with the funneling and help get her credibility and her message out and help people understand the value proposition. She said, um, the last thing I'm going to do is request your help. I'm going to implement this word for word the way I wrote it because a light beam came out from the heavens into my brain and told me this is what I needed to say. Wow. And that's, I that's just said, you know, I said, you know, good luck with Good luck with the heavens. Uh, I'm sure somewhere out there there's some existential way that you're going to succeed with this. It's just not going to be here. I would love for you to turn around and tell me I'm wrong. I don't see that happening. But if you find somebody else that believes this and you become a multimillionaire, feel free to write on your blog post that I said you couldn't do it and you told me so. I'll join you in that sentiment if you actually are right on this because it will be an education for the entire universe. I said that in the (laughs) nicest possible way. And uh, I haven't heard from her since, and I haven't heard about her since, which is telling. Wow, yeah. I mean, I'm right. sure Dan Kennedy doesn't get all his information from the from the the spirit gods. So. <laughs> Something, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm a believer in visioning. I do a lot of meditation. I understand the power of the universe, but I also understand that there are some practicalities. It's absolutely it's like Jamie. It's like Jamie Smart said that one time. Let's say you and a bunch of people are together and you want to order a pizza. Now, some folks in the room may just you know, get up in the lotus position on the couch and start manifesting a pizza. What Jamie's going to do is he's going to pick up the phone and call the pizza shop and ask for delivery. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 then, and then see which one gets the pizza there first. I mean, there are certain realities. Another right. conflict that often comes up, no matter what type of business creator you are. And it's very interesting that you want to share a little bit about this with our audience. When I saw your preview of this interview, I really was excited about this question because as business creators, we run into this all the time. How do you work with a client who has a mentor or a coach who's telling them to do things a certain way that when you look at it, you're thinking, oh, this is not going to work? Well, I'll tell you what. I have not yet had an experience where I've worked with somebody that's had a coach that has been a lousy coach. I have been very okay. blessed that the people that I've worked with have also in in turn worked with really great uh, coaches. And um, so my job is to then almost be a helpmate to that process. The last thing I would want to do is come in and contradict something that someone is saying who's made a heck of a lot more money than I have. So my job really is to listen to the client, listen to what the coach is telling the client, and really marry the two so that the client's happy, the coach is happy, and the client ultimately makes money. That's my job. It's kind of to be in the background a little bit and to do the right thing. So I, I I am very careful that I make sure when I'm working with a new client, I need to find out if they are mentoring with somebody, who that person is, if I've had experience with them. 
and then you know we we take it all in together and we we produce something that's that's going to work. So um I I think if I ended up with somebody that was mentoring with somebody and I felt like it was definitely the wrong thing, would I say something? Yeah, I would have to. I think I would I would yeah. I would want you know, I think I would have to to say I'm not sure about that. Maybe we need to get clarity, maybe we need to have a conversation, a three-way conversation. Um but primarily my job is to is to be a layer of help to, you know, to to be an additional layer of help to what the coach is already telling that particular business owner. As I said before myself, praise of your internet marketing hero is worship of a false god. And what I mean by that is if you have a certain guru or a certain mentor or a certain coach and your idea of achieving success in your own business is just to copy exactly what they do, even if they say something like, do as I do, I've already done it, just copy it, that's still not the way to achieve success because it leaves out a number of factors such as does the formula that your coach, mentor, or Internet marketing hero follow, does that formula apply to your audience and your niche? Have you tested this? Have you done the research? Have you actually gone out there and had a website conversation with your audience to determine if this is something they would be willing to buy? I've had a couple clients in the past who were latched onto a coach or a mentor, and all they wanted to do was exactly copy what their coach was doing. And mm-hmm. when I tried to ask the obvious questions, I would get the resistance of, look, pal, she's made $5 million doing this. You've made 500000 maybe. Who do you think right. I'm going to listen to, and who should you be listening to? And I said, you should be listening to your audience. When's the last time you've actually ran this by a prospect? Right, right. And she didn't know what to say. So what, if any, suggestions would you have if we came to a situation like that, other than this may be the type of thing where we just need to separate them? Because maybe the client themselves are kind of stuck. They don't really know who to believe. How can you help them know who to believe and how to create the right balance between what their coach is saying and what you're saying to develop the type of brand that's really going to help them maximize their market exposure? Well, one of the things that I do for for people that I'm working with is I have a um something called a a design brief and that is that is a um a document that I've created that I will give to a potential client and they will fill that all out and that will give me a lot of feedback history on it as to what they've tried before, why they're doing what they're doing, you know, favorite colors, coach different things, what they want to make, what what you know, what what exactly is the product, has it been tested, all those different things. And that does help me out quite a bit. Now, if if I have somebody that comes and says, "Listen, I want to do it exactly like so and so did his." I can say, "Okay, well we can follow that as a template, but let's let's make it yours." so that when somebody is looking at it, they're not going to say, oh, my gosh, I've seen 20 of these. And that's when I I, I tend to get the attention a little bit more because if you've got 20 different speakers and they're putting out the same brochure, all 20 of them, and you've got then people on the other side looking through these brochures and deciding who to hire, they're going to end up hiring the one that stands out. So where I come in is I help them really personalize this. I know... And the client knows that this is based on kind of a formula, but yet it's not so it's not it's not you know it's not a carbon copy of you know so and so's or so and so's it's very very specifically geared towards that particular client and so that is that is where I think I'm different than a lot of other designers I'm really able to to do that and to create something that's very 
very instinctively their own piece, very that, very them. You know, and I've had other clients say, well, Leah, are you going to take this and copy it for other people? And I always say, well, no, because this is yours. This wouldn't make sense right. for somebody else. It's completely yours. So that's why, you know, you'll see my, my things look different. Even though I'm branding four different authors or four different speakers, you might see that their position of their photo is in the same place on each piece. But other than that, it's not the same. It looks you know, like. I've studied, yeah, I, I, I know. I've studied some of the work you've done for some of your named clients, and you can see the Leah Humphreys stamp on it. You may, I can tell it's you, but at the same time, I can see that it's very unique to each one of these celebrities, each one of these speakers, each one of these experts that you've done the branding exercises for. So I think you strike a really great balance with that. As I say, when you're, you. hiring a branding, you know, when you're hiring a branding expert, when you're hiring a graphic designer, when you're hiring a web designer, anything that has to do with the visual arts, it's like going to an art gallery and deciding what type of painting you're going to buy. Because not only are you buying that painting, you're also buying the artist and their style. And you need to make the decision that that artist and who they are and certain elements of their signature style are something that you are willing to embrace as part of your own brand. So that's a very important thing. And then there's one other thing I really want to pull out for our listeners in what you just said a moment ago is this mm -hmm. idea when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I love what so-and-so is doing. Can we make one just like his? You uh -huh. say, okay, let's use that as a template. So what you're Correct. saying is, yes, we're going to honor the fact that you look up to this person, that you feel that what they're doing is something that strongly resonates with you, that you'd like to see become part of your brand, and you feel for your reasons this is the way you want to project yourself to the world, and we're going to start there. We're going to honor that, but at the same time, we're going to make sure that your own brilliance and what you have to offer the, to the world shines through. And Absolutely. I just love the way you say that. We're going to use it as a template. And I think that that's a real writer downer, a real aha moment for everybody who's listening. When you get this type of question or when you get this type of request, that's a way to turn it around to honor the fact that your client admires this other person, this guru, this coach, this mentor, and at the same time allow you to be able to let your brilliance become part of their final result. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, you, you, it's it's good when you can start from something. Um, I always yes. find it's easier if, if a client can bring me something that they've seen that they really like, and then they can explain why they like it and why it works. Then we can right. say, okay, this is a great jumping off point. This is this will be the bones underneath what I'm going to lay on top of it. But again, it's going to look different. Yours will look different from mine. Will look different from my you know my husband's or anybody else. So a comics would look different than somebody who has a book about tragedy. It would be very different. It's, they're two totally different speakers. However, the template underneath may be identical. Exactly, exactly. And that is the way it works many times. So mm -hmm. what I wanted to do for the first part of our hour together is I wanted to sort of dive in and find out a little bit about your philosophy on branding and how your process works so people can understand where your expertise comes from. And as I said, I've seen some of the work you've done for other people, and this stuff is just plain brilliant. But Aww, bringing back, you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Bringing back to the point of what we're covering here today is I also want to make the point about the personal branding, the personal rebranding, and how it really has to start from within you. And I know 
that you have had quite a personal journey that has brought you to the point where you are today. So I think, if I remember correctly, that started with a couple of really big life-changing events and how they, what happened with those events kind of set you on this path in a certain way. So tell us a little bit about that and how you came back from that to arrive where you are today. Well, I, I will certainly do that. Um, you know, one of the, the biggest hurdles most people in their lives ever face is fear. We have all right. been terrified of something, um, whether it be getting on stage and speaking in front of people or just having the having the self-esteem or the, or the encouragement to be able to write a book or just to do anything like that. We all have that, that one, two, three things that kind of tend to hold us back or keep us down. Um, when I was growing up right. and when I was going to college, I was, and I still am, I'm, I'm an introvert. I've always been an intro- introvert. I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. I've always been very quiet. Um, my parents were kind of these epic people. My mother studied opera in Vienna. You know, my father's an arbitrator in Florida. They're, they're these bigger-than-life kind of character people. And there I was, an only child, very quiet. I would lay on the floor in color. That was kind of who I was. I was always very creative, but I was never able to really verbalize um, it. And so the thought of ever owning my own business or writing a book or, or, you know, talking in front of a group of people about what I've been through, always I always thought, well, that would that's just not going to be me and that will never happen. Um, but I was going to school for design and getting ready to graduate, and the first tragedy kind of kind of hit me. I became ill and thought I had the flu. Mm-hmm. Went to the doctors a few times, wasn't getting better. Um, To make a very, very long, drawn-out story short, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And Crohn's, Mm -hmm. for anybody who doesn't know what that is, is a type of inflammatory bowel disease where the body's own immune system attacks its gastrointestinal tract. So basically your body's immune system is turning on itself, and it focuses on either the large or small intestine. It just depends on how bad the disease is. So once we found out that's what was going on, I mean, it was terrible. I was 22 years old, and I'm, I'm getting ready to, to graduate from college and start my life and, and really do some, hopefully, some big things. And I, I was I was just beyond sick. It was terrible, and it was terrifying. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to get better. You know, they tried different medications to, to kind of ease the symptoms and, and, and get the disease to kind of be at bay, but it, it just was coming back worse and worse and worse. Ultimately, my family and I decided that I needed to have surgery to at least go in and, and remove the damaged part of the intestine. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that fateful day, it was it was terrifying. I had no idea what would happen when I woke up. I didn't know how bad it would be. I didn't know if I would wake up with my body intact or not. And when I woke up, my worst fears were, were realized. The surgeon said to me, Leah, your large intestine fell apart in my hands on the table. He said, you're going to oh. have an ill... Yeah, which... How scary is that? First of all, I was walking around with intestine that was basically falling apart in my own body, and I didn't know it. I could have died so easily. But he said, you know, you're going to be okay. We had to take that out. Um, we've given you an ileostomy, which is a, 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 another technical technical word. Um, and you'll, you know, you're, you'll be fine. You'll be healthy again, but you're going to live life a little differently. Your plumbing's going to be a little different. And here I am, this young girl, pretty. 22, thinking, you have got to be kidding me. This is not my life. This is not what I signed up for. How am I ever going to 
tell anybody this? Who is going to want me? Who is going to think I'm pretty? How am I going to how am I going to wear clothes? Do you have to wear a clown suit? Do you have to wear baggy clothes to hide this? I mean, all these things go through a young girl's mind because she's all about her right. body. And you know, at that age, a bad hair day is a terrible thing, let alone yeah. having to wake up and realize that your plumbing is now a little different and you're going to have to do things a little different now and um you know, it was embarrassing. I felt vulnerable. My self-esteem was was shot, and it was just a very difficult thing to overcome. It took me a couple of years to just kind of start rolling with the punches there. I didn't tell anybody. I told my family when I woke up, I don't want anybody to know. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. I don't want anybody to see me walking, you know, down the hall and go, oh, that's the girl that's had that surgery. I didn't want anybody to know. I was so ashamed of it. And that kind of continued for a very long time. Um, from that experience, I was very afraid. I didn't want to work outside the home. I wanted to work at home. I was tired a lot. I, I didn't want people to know what was going on. And I decided I was going to be working from home. Well, I ended up in a relationship with somebody for a very long time that was very difficult. And it was the kind of thing where I married thinking I would be safe and protected and loved, and it was actually not like that. Um, have you ever heard the story about the frog where you put the frog in a bowl of water on the stove, tepid water, mm-hmm. and he's happy, and then you turn it on and you slowly heat up the water? I don't know if you've heard that story, but by the time the water oh, gets of course. Yeah, really yeah, what hot... Ha- what happens is, yeah, he's frog. Well, that's right. It's drop yeah. by drop. It's degree by degree. And that's how my life was for 10 years while I was with this person. Um, it was emotional. It was emotional abuse. It was toxic. It was very difficult. And, you know, looking back, I see it. At the time, while I was in it, I didn't see it. I just thought it was a difficult marriage. That's what I called it. It's just a difficult marriage. It's He's just difficult. You know, if I just if I just did this right, or if I just folded the socks right, or if I just did this, or if I was just better, or if I were more talented, or if I hadn't had this surgery. You know, you start telling yourself all these things. And it got to a point where I needed to be done. And sometimes you get to your lowest point for that to actually happen. And as a woman, you know, in this marriage with a child, then I, I then had a child, it was very terrifying to end that it took all of my courage all of my willpower to get out and um you know I, I ended up in the courthouse one day filing and i literally had a nervous breakdown because there were phone calls coming in from his attorneys wanting to know what i was doing where i was going where's the child i mean i was i was it was terrifying it was like a, a lifetime movie it was awful but from all of that my lowest point i realized okay, I need to make money, I need to pick myself up, no one's going to be able to help me but me, ultimately, I have to do these things. And I established a new home, and I bought a computer, and I started my own business, and that's how it all kind of started. It 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 it, it had to hit rock bottom for me, for me to realize that, you know what, I can do this. I have to do this. And I have a child relying on me. And you know what? I am actually talented. People are now telling me this. I, you know, for 10 years I had somebody telling me I wasn't any good at anything. 
So I can really relate to women who have been in a situation like this where, you know, they it's like having glue poured on your brain basically. You just have okay. nothing left to offer. There is nothing left to fight about. And at the end of the day, you know, it's either I'm leaving or something's going to happen. And so that was a huge, huge turning point for me and for my rebranded life and my rebranded career because starting my new business those years ago, um, you know, I had to find clients. I had to start networking. I had to start meeting people. I found a mentor. I went to my first really big conference in Los Angeles. I was terrified to get on an airplane, believe it or not. I fly all the time now. I was so afraid to get on an airplane and fly by myself, but I did it. I learned some amazing things that I hadn't I didn't know. I realized I could do this. I could do this in a big way. So two things happened. I started Five Star Branding, which has become this great company. I have the most amazing clients that are all over the country. And another thing happened. I designed something for women that have had this type of surgery that I've had and I actually have a patent on it and we sell the product all over the U.S., we sell it outside the U.S. as well. It's called My Heart Ties, and it's a company that creates heart-shaped pouch covers for women to wear during intimacy because one of the things that was so damaging to my self-esteem was, you know, nobody knows what's going on with you when you have your clothes on, but when you have your clothes off and you've got what I've got going on, there it is. And I needed to come up with something that made me feel beautiful again. And that particular product that I was able to create and then patent did that for me. And I thought, if this makes me feel pretty, this is going to make every woman who's had the surgery feel pretty. And that's how that company was born. So I've had a lot of experience on rebranding. I had to rebrand myself. <clears throat> you know, I started two new companies that needed branding. <clears throat> and then I also had to figure out how I was going to rebrand my family because I met somebody who actually loved me in spite mm-hmm. of the ostomy, in spite of everything I'd been through. We got married. Right. He had two children. I have a child. And I had to figure out how I was going to blend this family and almost kind of rebrand a life for us. And um, so so there's there's three parts to the story. There's the whole business branding aspect. There's There's the personal branding. And then there's the whole family aspect, which is how do you blend families. And you don't blend families. We're all unique people. We all have to figure out how we're going to make this work. And it looks different for everyone. So that is the story of um, kind of where I've come from and how far I've come. And I'm still working on it. I'm still afraid of things. But, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I push myself now. There's a few points I want to bring out here. Uh, not only is this very powerful for women who have been in similar situations, but it can happen to anybody. I know myself, my own personal story. When I was growing up as a child, um, I was considered to be, how shall we say, different. And this all began when I was in the middle of the first grade, and it seemed like I was really bored with all the homework. And they tested me, and they determined that I was really at a third grade level in terms of my intellectual development. And it was recommended that they skip me right from the first grade to the third grade. Now, imagine a child uh, who's at first grade age being thrown in with a bunch of third graders. You just can't see that. And it's going to get even worse because there are going to be certain development things that happen at approximately the same chronological age, regardless of where you are in terms of your learning. So it was ultimately decided that they would skip me to the second grade. And the second grade classroom was right across the hall from the first grade classroom. And 
there was this really big event about it. They couldn't even do it quietly. They had to make a big event where at the beginning of the third period, they had me gather up all my books and all my stuff out of my desk in the first grade classroom, and they walked me across the hall where they had everybody in the first grade classroom waving, bye, Adam, and then everybody in the second grade classroom standing outside the door welcoming me with open arms. Uh, this was supposed to make me feel warm inside or something, but huh. uh, about two seconds after they got me to my seat in the second grade classroom, I found very quickly how they actually felt about me and what was going to follow me for the next ten years of my life. Hmm. You can imagine what that did for certain aspects of my development. So I think, you know, I'm, I was already predisposed towards being an introvert. That really just drove me right inside my shell and had me building about 16 different layers of protection around that shell. And and I, I love my parents dearly, and I, I know that they did the best they could, they could with this. Uh, but I think it was a little bit of a challenge for them to deal with, and they thought the answer to this, I think, was through cliches, things like you have to be a friend to have a friend. Just come out of your shell. Just open up and let people see the real you, and they will come to like you. Now, life doesn't really work that way all the time. <laughs> That's not no. always how it works. So right. if I had understood personal branding when I was in school, I believe I would have had the intellectual curiosity to investigate this and figure out how this could really change my life. Because we hear the cliches, just be yourself. Let your inner brilliance shine, and the people who will resonate with that will be magnetically attracted to you. But we know in the real world it doesn't quite work that way. That's true. <clears throat> a lot of right. us are very uncomfortable in our own skin. For whatever reason, you know, I think a lot of us come into the world that way. And um, certain things happen, and it and it just makes it a little bit worse. It kind of pushes you back in there even a little bit more. So it seems to me that that's, that was what happened with you as well. You're an introvert, and then you had these, these life events happen at a young age, and you just, you know, you just hid inside your own body. So... Yeah, I understand that. I understand right. that. Right. I right. I didn't really find my way out of it until I was in my 30s, and I began to understand the principles of branding and how this can help not only your business but you personally, which is why your topic today really resonates with me, the idea of personal rebranding. So that's the first thing I wanted to pull out. The second thing is I've also seen – if I'm stating the if I'm stating this correctly and correct me if I'm wrong, the colonoscopy colonoscopy yeah. I apologize that bag covers that you use yeah. for intimate purposes because when you know we're clothed, I mean we look like how we look when we're clothed, but then right. when you remove the clothing, when you're in an intimate situation with your partner, then they find out that yeah, there's a bag attached to you that captures stuff, right. and right. you've created a really great product. And if you could tell us the website for that and just a little bit about it, because I think this sure. is something that is very pertinent to this idea of personal rebranding and how you took a challenge in your life and applied personal rebranding to it and also built a business around it. Well, the the website is myheartties.com, just the way it sounds, myheartties.com. And... Um, the product is um, it's very beautiful, and you know I originally created it for myself because I was tired of trying to figure out what the heck to do with this 
thing going on. How do I hide it? Mm-hmm. Do I just wear long nightgowns all the all the time? How do I you know how do I deal with this? And I just got so tired of constantly trying to figure out what I was going to do with it, where you know how I was going to how it was going to be. Um, especially when you know I ended my marriage and I am quote unquote kind of a free agent out there. You know, one of right. the reasons I one of the reasons I stayed for so long in that particular relationship was because of the fear nobody will want me with this thing, and um, it just got to the point where I didn't care anymore if anybody wanted me with the thing or not because I just didn't want to be where I was living. Um, but you know, it's funny. I you know I things happen. You you get out of those situations and you and you meet the right people and you know I met the love of my life and and I'm now married again, but. As far as the product right. goes, I have women who call me all the time in tears because they just feel like nothing will ever be the same. Nothing will be normal again. My husband, I'm so afraid my husband uh-huh. won't want me. I'm afraid my boyfriend won't look at me. I, I don't know what to do with this. And, you know, and and I talk people off the ledge on a regular basis, and it's really hard and it's really scary. But at the end of the day, it feels good to know that I can at least help some people through that and say, listen, you're still beautiful. You know, this is more of a mental thing than it is a physical thing. If you can just get over the fact that this, you're plumbed differently than everybody else, everybody goes to the bathroom, mm-hmm. we just all do, you know, you just do a little differently, then you can kind of get on with the day here. It's not that big of a deal. And when it's not a big deal to you, it's not a big deal to your partner. That's really the takeaway for that. The more of a big deal anything is to you, then then all of a sudden everyone in the room is uncomfortable. But if you can say, hey, this is what's going on, big deal, it's not a big deal, I'm alive, I have a great life ahead of me, you know, then nobody else is uncomfortable with you. So, But the product is great. It it definitely makes women feel like they're pretty again. Um, it's, a, it's a great little way to, to just, you know, put this thing on and, and you can be intimate. You, you know, I have women who buy it because they will still want to wear a bikini, which makes me laugh. I, I mean, I don't want to wear a bikini, but <laughs> I, have some, I, have some, I have some lovely ladies that do, and um, so they want to wear it with their bikini, or I have women that want to wear it when they go to the doctor because they're very, they're very shy and they don't want their doctor seeing this this pouch cover or anything they want it covered and you know i've p- people that wear it in surgery and it's just it's just kind of funny the things people do with it but um you know the the bottom line is it's just fabric and and stitching and made with some love but what it does for a woman mentally is is quite amazing and that's that's really what we're selling you know it's that mental switch again that I'm going to be okay. I can live with this. This is going to be okay, and I'm alive. You know, people have this have had the surgery, and there hasn't been any choice. It's this or you're dead. And I hate to be so so crass about it, but that's 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 the you know that's the choice. You can either die or you can have the surgery and live. And I lived, and I had a baby, and I have a great life, and. You know, I don't even think about it anymore. It's just a non-issue for me, personally. And uh, I can't believe I used to walk around hiding it and being ashamed of it. And, you know, now it's it's just a non-issue. So, so is that's me. Fair to say, is it fair to say that personal branding had something to do with this, or personal rebranding? Because I heard you say that you could walk into a room and be thinking, oh, my God, these people are going to see I have this, Thing attached yeah. to me, and they're going to think I'm weird, or they're going to think I'm different. And you, so you turn that around, and you 
say to the world, look, uh, I am who I am. These are the cards I was dealt. I have a great life and a great opportunity ahead of me, and I'm ready to go out there and make this happen. And on, on the outside, that may look like a fairly straightforward change, but you and I both know that there's an inner game that has to do with personal rebranding to make that possible to support that outer game where you can walk into that room and say, look, I have this cute little thing that's got a heart on it. If anybody asks right. me about it, I'll be happy to tell them. But otherwise, you know, I, I'm Leah and I'm here. So get used to it. It's, there's, a, there's a switch. You have to go from saying I'm powerless to what happened to me to I am powerful because of what happened to me. And I now have a message I I was dealt these cards for a reason, and I now have to take the cards I was dealt. There's a message attached to it, and I need to go out and I need to talk about it. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to be the poster child for ostomies, um, and, right. and that's actually kind of funny when you think about it because I spent two years seeing seeing a, a wonderful therapist that helped me get through a lot of the the stuff from the marriage and a lot of that toxic stuff that I really had to process. And he said to me one day, so you're going to invent this thing, and this is really cool, and I'm really proud of you. Are you going to be the face of the company? And I looked at him like he had three heads. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you're going to be, you're going to be the face of the company. It's your, your company. It's your product. You've lived this. And I looked at him, and I said, no, I don't want anybody to know I have one. <laughs> and then he looked at me, and he said, oh. He said, I see. So you're going to have a company – to help women overcome this, but you're going to be ashamed. That's interesting. How's that going to work? And, and I said, I guess I need to be the poster child for women with ostomies. He goes, maybe you do. And I'll tell you what, what a switch. I walked out of there and I thought, okay, that means I actually have to tell people. Oh, geez. So that was a big, I'm telling you, Adam, that was a big day. And it still took me couple of years to really be comfortable talking about it i mean really be comfortable i used to never want to talk about it but um yeah you have to take the cards you're dealt and figure out how you can now play them and we all have a way to do it so that's brilliant yeah that thanks. is brilliant and i know that i feel inspired by this story as i said i've uh, been following what you've been doing for about a year now and I didn't quite know this level of it, so this is really big for me, too. I personally feel very inspired by what you've shared with me. And I think that many of our listeners, uh, whether their issue is domestic abuse or whether it's the ostomy situation or the challenges of being an introvert in a world that demands you be an extrovert, which is a really big deal for us introverts, believe me, yeah. or whatever happened in your childhood or whatever happened five years ago, that may be holding you back now, impacting some of that inner game and how personal branding or rebranding can impact that, how can you help others or how can others help themselves or however you choose to answer this? How can others do this too, I guess is what I'm asking. Well, it, you know, it, it starts with really that internal dialogue. It starts with figuring figuring out how you're going to start putting some of this baggage behind you. And first you have to unpack the bags. So, um, right. you know, there's... I call them fatal flaws. There's a lot of fatal flaws that we walk around with as human beings, and these are things that we need to realize and unpack. And a couple of them are, and I'll just read you a couple because I've got some notes here. One of them is, what will they think? That's, that's number one. The second fatal flaw is, I can do this alone. The third one is, I'm over it. 
a lot of times we we try to pretend we're over something and we haven't even begun to deal with it. The fourth mm-hmm. is I can deal with it later. The fifth is I can't change it. And the sixth is I will bury it. And I was the queen of I will bury it. I had all these cute mm-hmm. little mental boxes in my head that I would stick all the stuff in. And I would put it on a pretty shelf and not, not deal. And I had to take those boxes down one by one and open them up and feel the feelings. And that is the biggest thing. You cannot be your best person ever if you don't unpack the stuff and deal with the stuff. And it takes just maybe dealing with one thing right now today, one little thing that has been holding you back. What is it? Is it fear of speaking? Then you need to speak. Is it fear of doing a radio interview? Then you need to book the interview. Is it fear Mm -hmm. of going on an airplane to an event? Then you need to book the ticket and go. Those are the things they tell you. They will tell you in your heart what they are. Whatever you're afraid of, that's number one. And then you start just going through them. And is it easy? Mm -hmm. Hell no. But is it rewarding? Yes. It is so rewarding. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. You stop looking for reasons to not do it, and you start looking for, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get better. I love it. So how can you help people with branding or rebranding, whether on the professional or the personal or the business level. I know you have a lot to offer. So for those of our listeners that would be interested in exploring this further with you, how do they do that? Well, you can email me at leah at fivestarbranding.com. You can go on my website, www.fivestarbranding.com. You can hook up with me that way. You can follow me on Facebook. You can visit the My Heart Ties website. Um, I'm very easily accessible. Facebook is a great way to get a hold of me and, and just friend me and send me an instant message. I you know I always return my messages and um, I'm very open and, and flexible and, and I love to talk to to women and men about their struggles and 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 what how they've overcome because you know we're all a work in progress. I still am. I'm right. just getting started. And I'm 45, <laughs> so I'm just getting started. I'm just getting warmed up over here. <laughs> That makes me feel better because I'm 36, and I know that if in 10 years from now I'm still where I am right now, I know i still got a bright future ahead of me. So thank you for that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. One point I want to make about the Business Creators Radio Show is when you explore our website at businesscreatorsradioshow.com, you find the episodes and you also find our guest profiles. Uh, Leah, you have a guest profile, as do all of our guests. And you'll find that as much as we're aware of whatever social media platforms they're on, we've provided links to that on their profile so that it makes it very easy for folks to connect with our guests. We're a big believer in creating community and helping people find each other and help each other. So please, anybody who's listening to this, be sure to visit our website, find Leah's profile, and you'll find some ways to connect with her right there. So that applies whether it's the personal rebranding side or also the business branding side because, as I said, I've seen a lot of the work that Leah has done with some pretty well-known folks. Uh, Jonathan Sprinkles and David Phelps are just two that I know personally, Uh, and there are several television celebrities as well that Leah works with. She can really help you with this stuff. And your website, I believe, is fivestarbranding.com. Is that where people would find you? That's correct. Yes, please check that out. It's a really great resource for you, and you'll really gain some benefit from that. So we have about 
two minutes left here, actually, and we pretty much covered everything that we intended to cover. But there's one little thing that I wanted to just get into real quick here, because I work sure. out of the home myself, and yeah. uh, you love to talk about your virtual office, because you worked from home before it was hip and popular. Tell us yeah. a little bit about your virtual office, because I know you're really proud of this. <laughs> yeah, I I worked at home back when it was not cool, and you didn't admit that you did that, because that meant you weren't okay. taken seriously. So, right. um, yeah, that started that started um, back when after I had my surgery, and, and especially when I had my son. I mean, I just did not want to put my son in in daycare. That wasn't that wasn't an option for me personally. So, working from home was a really great thing. And the virtual office is awesome because I can I could certainly work anywhere on the planet and still connect with with clients and that type of thing. The other thing that I do that's really fun is I do something called Live with Leah where if I'm working with a client, we can work live on my computer screen. I just send them a link and we can kind of bang out work very quickly. A lot of times things get lost in translation with too many emails back and forth and I'm able to um, really streamline deadlines by helping my clients see what's going on. They can make some very quick decisions on change of font, change the positioning, change this. We're done with the we're done with the project. So it gets things done very quickly. And in this day and age, you have to be fast to get to the cash. So that works out really well too. That's very important for people to know. I know that in my company, we do a lot of training on Camtasia video, and we do have the capability to do things very similar to Live with Leah. But I think that's very important for people to know when it comes to working with a branding expert such as yourself. So, Leah Humphreys, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Business Creators Radio Show today. I know I personally have learned a lot, and I know that our listeners will gain a great deal from listening to what you have to say as well. Thanks, Adam. It's been an absolute joy and treat. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you. And for everybody listening, again, this is Adam Homey. I'm the host of the Business Creators Radio Show at businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Make sure to check out our website for all of our upcoming episodes, and also look for us on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Please subscribe, and any five-star reviews will be greatly appreciated as we help to get the message out. So everybody, thank you very much, and have a great rest of your day. Take care.